Don't you love the sounds of Christmas? Come on, there's nothing better than singing songs about Jesus, right? The sounds of Christmas, amen? Wow. I love this time of the year, and today we're going to sing a, a song that might just be my favorite Christmas carol of all times. In fact, it's one of the most popular carols of all times. It was originally written just a, a simple little song for for children to sing. Simple wording, imagery, simple tune for kids to sing in the Christmas presentation. Now there's some confusion about who the original author is of this song, who, who originally wrote it. Many people attribute it to Martin Luther. Um, uh, they, 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 the, this song first was published in 1885 and it appeared in a Lutheran hymnal. And so people just thought that these must have been some of the words written years ago by the great Martin Luther, when in reality, none of his writings bear evidence to that he wrote this song that we're going to sing together today. But it's a great song, and I'm glad it was in the Lutheran hymnal. I, I, I'm glad the, the Lutherans produced something called Davy and Goliath when I was a kid that I used to watch on Sunday mornings, a little claymation cartoon about a boy and his dog. Amen. They probably just wanted to honor the great Martin Luther some 400 years at a 400 celebration of his life and ministry. And the first two stanzas are attributed maybe to him pinning those words. There's a third stanza of a song that we're going to sing together today that was later published in the early 1900s by a Methodist preacher. But the words that we're going to sing are going to just stir your heart, going to be familiar to you. Since its song is it sings of a simple Christmas. Wow. You know, if we're not careful, we can make Christmas more than it should be. It's more than just the tinsel and all those things that glisten in the lights. It's more than the wrappings and the trappings. You see, this song speaks to the birth of Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus born in a crude environment, crude space, to a young teenage Jewish girl from Palestine. Jesus came, born. Today, we're going to sing Away in a Manger. Take us to heaven. 
Thank you for this time of worship in your presence, in your house. Be honored, be glorified today. Open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear the reading of the word. Let it go down deep into our hearts, bringing transformation in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Go ahead and clap your hands as Pastor Jason Thank comes up. Thank you guys. Up. Thank you, Pastor Allen. Hey, have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? Hey, listen, there are seven days left till Christmas. That means, man, you have six and a half days to do your shopping, right? It's coming. And just as a reminder, we won't meet on campus here next Sunday morning on Christmas Eve. We will be on the town square next Sunday night for our Christmas in the city. And I do pray that you would invite someone and, and, and let them know about Christmas Eve service, Christmas in the city. This is Year 13, we've done this. It's absolutely incredible. Dress warm, bring a chair. Might want to bring some mud shoes that you can wear. I don't know if you've seen the square, but man, all the grass is gone. It's like goats were grazing out there or something over the last month. But uh, it's going to be a great time. By a round of applause, how many of you have ever been to Christmas in the city? Awesome, it's good. So uh, we'd love to have you come. It's going to be an incredible night. Uh, under the stars as we sing about the birth of Jesus and preach about his entry into our world and the difference that that makes for you and I. But back to Christmas shopping. Have you finished it yet? Dennis, have you finished yours? You have? Good? Yeah. Hey, how many of you are parents and you have, have you ever made the poor decision to take your kids Christmas shopping? Anybody? I remember, yeah, it, what seemed like a good idea turned out bad, right? Uh, but I remember when I was a young boy, there, there were times in which, you know, as, as a kid, you don't make money, you know, although you collect aluminum cans and take it and get like 50 cents for 12 bagfuls of them, right? Uh, you don't really have a lot of funds to go do your own Christmas shopping. But, but I remember maybe you're like that parent that, that takes your kid shopping and say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a little bit of money so that you could buy a gift for your kid brother or your kid sister. I had to sometimes buy a gift for my brother. He didn't deserve it. He was on that other list. You know what I'm saying? And much less deserve a gift. But, or, or, or my mom would say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you some money. I want you to buy a gift that we can put under the tree from, for, from you to your dad. Or vice versa. Dad would say, hey, listen, here's, here's somebody. Go, go pick out a gift from you that you can give to your mom. Now, if you're a parent, that, that, that sounds like a good idea, but, but have you ever gotten a gift from your kids and you opened it up and were like, okay, wow, I've, I've really wanted one of these for such a long time and you know me so well, right? And we kind of, you know what I'm talking about. Or your kids have made you something. But, but bottom line is, they gave you something that was from their heart. They, they, they brought a gift. They were generous. And, and man, the joy on their face when you let them know what a blessing that gift was. The one you've been looking for all your life, right? Wow. They were generous and they gave you a gift. I, I, I like to think about this time of the year because we've been thinking about Jesus and we know that we celebrate his birth and you guys know that when you go to a birthday party, you bring the birthday person a gift, right? And we've been challenging you and encouraging you to, hey, out of all the gifts that you're gonna give this season, would you consider giving a gift to Jesus, the one whose birthday it really is, right? And, and when I think about giving and gifts and generosity and joy, I, I think that what my parents were trying to instill to me when I was a young boy is, is the same way that when I bring my gift to, to my father, I, I think it, it emits the same emotions and enthusiasm. I, first of all, the, you know, the, 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 the money that, that my parents gave me is, well, God gives us everything we have too. And what I spend or what I bring back to him is, it's already his. 
He gave it to me. Everything I have, everything I own, even though I have a J-O-B or you do and we're gifted and we've made money. Listen, everything is really a blessing from our father, is it not? And, and, and you know that my, my kids, they, when they give with joy, they, they, something, they're generous with that. Listen, when I, when I give back to God, it's not just giving him 10%. I mean, he owns it all. And it's not like I'm giving him something that he needs, but yet he loves to see the joy I have in returning to him what is really his, you know? And, and just, you know that there's something good about when you bless and give and to someone and you make a difference and you're, there's something called generosity that just evokes in us just joy. I love that, that during this Christmas season, we've had out in our atrium this thing called a, a giving wall. And, and I'm so thankful for a church. Many of you have gone and, and purchased gift cards to, to, to place on that wall. And many of you have even taken some of those gift cards. It's just a way to bless people and be generous, to maybe bring a little joy to their world in a time that, well, it might just be a little difficult for. Thank you for that. You know, when I think about giving, I think giving is really the training wheels of faith. I, I, I think God tests us and, and he gives us opportunities to give to see and how we're going to respond, but more importantly, to allow our faith to grow. Because when I give, I, I'm saying, God, listen, I'm trusting you. I want to bring this to you. First of all, I acknowledge that it's from you, but, but, but God, I'm also trusting you because it's a sacrifice to give, is it not? It is. The reality is, listen, I, my tree is already littered. Amazon has blown up in my living room. It's unreal. My tree is already littered with stuff around it that, that to be honest with you, we probably don't need, but, but yet God's blessed and my family's blessed. And I mean, there's just gifts around, but, 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 but when I give, it's just, it's a great reminder to give back to someone who's given so much for me. And I love that. He doesn't need it, but he loves to see my faith and belief in him that I'm going to continue to provide for your needs. And so I just want to encourage you this Christmas that as you're spending enormous amounts of time searching and looking for that special gift for someone, would you spend some time in prayer and ask God, come on, has God been good to anybody this year? Come on, somebody. He is. And could we just pray and say, hey, what could I give to the king? What could I give to my father who's given me so much this year? How can I bring a gift? And a gift is above and beyond. Listen, I, you know, I take care of my family and help, and God gives me the, the, the blessings in order to do that. But, but how can I bring something above and beyond to the one who's given everything? So, Lord, I pray that this, during this season of generosity, May we not forget the source, the one behind everything that we have. That's you, Lord. You're the giver of all good gifts. Your word says that they come down from the heavenly lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Thank you, God. And God, I pray that during this season as we are making lists of people that we want to bless and show our love and affection to and how much we care for them and what a blessing they are to us. May we not forget you, God, the one who's behind it all, the one who's given us everything and the one who ultimately gave us his life. So Lord, I pray that we not miss you. It's your birthday. And may we not forget you, Lord, and bring you a gift that's worthy. God, we know, we trust that you're going to continue to bless because that's what you do. You take care of our needs. And God, that's just who you are and you're never going to change. And so, Father, I pray that as grateful people, we would joyfully bring back. And with a generous heart and spirit, we'd say, here it is, Lord. This is for you. Lord, I pray today for Worshippers gathered in other buildings and rooms such as this, maybe in homes, maybe in small groups located in a storefront or a coffee shop somewhere. 
Lord, I'm reminded that there are many that don't have the freedom we have in this room today to gather freely, but there are some that are even hidden in secret places for fear of their lives. And God, in all these places, all these nooks and crannies, all these houses of worship, Lord, I'm praying that your spirit would show up today. And God, I pray that through a story that has been told, we've heard all of our lives. Lord, I'm praying somehow today that you would use pastors and kids teams, youth leaders, Lord, choirs, worship teams, Lord, whoever is speaking, teaching, or singing about you, God, would you use them the way to tell a story? Although it be familiar, Lord, I'm praying that it might hit us a little bit different this Christmas. And may Jesus be lifted up. May the name of Jesus shine brightly and may it be that name, Jesus, that draws men to himself. We give you the glory now. It's in that name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. You guys doing all right? Do we need to turn the lights up? Is anybody dozing off in this room? Amen. Well, hey, Merry Christmas to you. And listen, I do want to read a story to you today from the Bible. Are you guys okay with the Bible? Listen, I love that we're going to be reading the Bible as a, as a community of faith this year and, and reading through. And I love that we have groups that are going to be together. Listen, community's a big deal. Don't go at life alone. You need other people in your life. And so we're giving you an opportunity to gather with other people to 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 digest the word of God and ask those questions and for us, more importantly, all to grow together in, in our faith. But I wanna read to you today a story from the Bible and, 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 and you know this is a story that I remember as a young boy. How many of you have some great memories as a kid at Christmas time? Do you? Yeah, a lot of us, even maybe singing that song Away in a Manger evokes some of those memories for you. But, but we lived in Dallas as I was a kid growing up and my grandparents lived in North Carolina. And, and I can remember two, maybe three occasions where we were with them during Christmas. And I remember my grandparents were farmers, and most of the time, by the time we made our way to the family farm there in the top corner of North Carolina, it was dark. But I knew I was at my grandparents' house because there was, an, there was a big, tall tree, maybe a cedar tree of, of some sort, right next to the house. And my grandfather had, had taken the time to string colored lights. There's a tree that reminds me of that located over here on Esser down by, by where the bus barn area is and all that. I love that tree. I drive by, and, and I thought I was at Grandma's house this last week, and I knocked on the door about 9 o'clock, said, what's for dinner? And to which the people inside said, who are you? And we're calling the police. I don't recommend that, but I was just dazed and confused. But it took me back. That's a joke. I didn't do that, okay? But it took me back. Don't you have some good memories like that? Well, this story that I want us to read today is a story that many of us have heard a lot. And I remember that while we were at my grandparents' house, my, my dad would gather us in, in the family bedroom. There was a bedroom for the four of us, and I have a brother that's six foot seven, and then me, Shrek, and you can do the math with one bed, and it was tight. But we would gather in that room, and my dad would read a story from the book of Luke chapter two. It's a story that many of you have already spent time looking over. You've already watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special and Linus has already read from it. Or many of you will use this passage over the next few days. If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna read to you the story from Luke chapter two about the birth of Jesus. If you don't have your Bibles, Praise God for our media team that have put the words on the screen for you. And by the way, those of you that are watching us online, welcome. Glad that you carved out some time to join us uh, for this time. And we pray that you have encountered the presence of God in your location, wherever you are today. And I do pray that they put the skinny filter on the camera lens today to make me look good. But we're saving you a seat here, and we would love to have you sometime. Let's read the word of God because you can't go wrong with that, amen? amen? Come on, do you read your Bibles? I hope so. Here we go, it says, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. 
and all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King who? Not King Tut. Somebody said in the first service. King David. King David. He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. (coughs) Excuse me. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel assured them, reassured them, don't be afraid. Some of you right now, can we just pause right here? Those three words may be ministered to your heart right now because there's something going on that is tumultuous in your life. There's a difficulty, a struggle, something you're facing that you didn't want to experience. I just prayed over a young man that uh, has an injury, and I just prayed over that. And I prayed these words, and maybe this might encourage you. It looks like a setback, but it could just possibly be a setup for God to do something awesome in your life. But remember the words of the angels. Don't be afraid. Are you with me? Are we okay with that? Don't be afraid, he said, the angel said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Come on, somebody. The birth of Jesus is good news, and Jesus can bring joy to all people. Somebody ought to write a song that says something like that, joy to the world. The Lord has come, right? Come on, how many of you know that Jesus can make a difference in someone's life, amen? He is good. He will, be, he will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, The Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a what, church? A manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. A manger. We sang the song away in a manger. No crib for a bed. But this is where the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. Wow. We know that Mary and Joseph have traveled to Bethlehem from Nazareth, some 80-mile journey, 75 to 80-mile journey. It was a four- to six-day journey, depending on if the woman was leading or if the man was leading. It probably would have been a four-day had the man listened to the woman, because we men don't ever stop and ask for directions, right? But poor Joseph, can you imagine his misery? Traveling 80 miles, walking, and sometimes on a donkey with a pregnant woman. You ever been around a pregnant woman? Sometimes it's hard and it's miserable, rightfully so. I've never had a child, but I'm told that it's miserable to carry one, right? Some 80 miles, they're returning to the city of David, Bethlehem. Why? Because a census has been decreed, and Joseph, Mary's fiance is from that town of Bethlehem. They make their way back, and they find that Bethlehem, which was normally a quiet little village, it's now a buzz. 
It is packed. There are people everywhere. And as we read this story, we find that there's no lodging available. Why? Because the city's full. Everyone has returned home to register and probably pay some taxes, right? But they're there. Can you imagine Joseph trying to do the very best he can to accommodate his fiance who is pregnant, very pregnant with child, trying to find space for them so that she could be comfortable and give birth to this baby. No room for them in the city. We know because we've seen cartoons about it or we've, 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 we've heard people try to explain it that, that oftentimes we, we hear that there was no room for them in the inn. And I've oftentimes thought about the inn and the innkeeper, the one who was there who, who might have heard a, a knock on the door that night to see Joseph and maybe notice a very pregnant woman with him. I, I've oftentimes wondered if that innkeeper now regrets his decision to not welcome them in. I mean, think about it. His inn business would have been off the charts with TripAdvisor once people found out that Jesus was born in his inn. I mean, talk about Verbo rentals going up for his inn. He would have been, and probably still to this day, we know that masses of people flood Bethlehem still to the church of the nativity, right? Because of this birth that took place. But we know that there was no room for them. And so Joseph, trying to do the very best he could to accommodate his pregnant fiance who knew that the time of the birth was drawing near, we know that they basically are reduced to, to, to taking shelter in really was a cave. Some people say a stable, whatever label you want to put on, it basically was a place inhabited by animals. Some sort of lean-to, a cave carved out of rock, something where animals could be protected from the elements. Of course, I don't know if you've taken survey of caves with animals in it lately or stables or barns or what have you. There, there wasn't some fancy, ornate crib or bedding available for a baby to be born. You know, we go to great extremes, do we not, whenever we have the birth of a child. I mean, we are, we're, we're purchasing state-of-the-art, ergonomically correct cribs. We've got cameras on it to monitor baby's movements. The bedding has to all match when our girls were born, it was Laura Ashley. Anybody remember that brand? Wow. We, 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 we let people know the birth is coming. We have these extravagant gender reveal parties in which we blow up balloons that have pink or blue dust in them. And we scare the neighbors when we fire the rockets off at those things. We, we even register to let people know. You can buy us more baby crap at Babies R Us or wherever you go, right? As if we need more. Bottom line is we do whatever's necessary. We purchase cigars and give them out. If you're Baptist, they're bubble gum, but all, everybody else gives out the real deal, right? We want people to know, and we do our best to prepare for an arrival. It's interesting to me that the king of kings, the one whose name we've sung today, the one whose birthday we celebrate, wow, during this time of the year, was reduced to the birth in a manger. When the royal family have kids, news outlets all across the world cover it, like piranhas. But yet, here's the king of kings, and he's reduced to a dwelling place with barnyard animals and a manger. 
So many people, I think one of the reasons they struggle with Jesus being the king and the mighty deliverer that the Old Testament prophets foretold of. And by the way, when Jesus was born, the time in his birth, some 300 prophecies told hundreds of years prior to his arrival were fulfilled at his birth. But they struggle. This is no way a king should enter the world. A feeding trough? a place with animals, and I'm sure Joseph did his very best to accommodate Mary. I'm sure he did the best, and he was resourceful, and he was trying to be MacGyver and figure things out, and and some of you, I'm taking you back to the 80s, right? But he did his best, I'm sure, to make his wife as comfortable as possible, but yet, it's a manger, a manger, Our God entered our world, our mess, in one of the most humble ways possible. You won't find presidents entering a city in the same humility that our king did. But yet this is what he chose. Does that not give you and I hope to know that the God that we sing and worship is not about fanfare. He's not about us you know, trying to wow and impress and amaze him. He's just simply gonna come. He's gonna come even if there's no room. In fact, let me just ask you a question. How do you make room for Jesus? You see, if we're not careful over these these next few days, we can get caught up in in the hustle and bustle and and we can run ourselves ragged from from company party to friends parties and and, and all of this and and Christmas light fights and all of that stuff. We, We can miss the simplicity of a king born in a manger. Are you making room for Jesus My dad called a timeout in our Christmas celebrations and would sit down with us and read a story. And I'm going, Dad, seriously, come on. I'm eight. I got it figured out, okay? No, I'm just kidding. But but are you making room for Jesus? You see, if we're not careful, we can get caught up in it all, can we not? And miss him. We can get caught up, parents, in, in trying to, to, to portray. And listen, I love lights. Listen, I love decoration. My house looks like the North Pole exploded inside. I get it. My tree is littered with nicely wrapped packages. You don't want me wrapping. It's bad news. Everything looks good. But if we're not careful, we can miss the manger. We can miss the significance of it all. Humility. It's interesting to me that some of the first people that heard about the baby's birth were the shepherds, the lowest people in their society. Remember we talked about last week how the fields around Bethlehem were where they raised the the, the sacrificial lambs for the temple worship. And it was these shepherds, these Bedouin shepherds that were the ones that the angel came and told first. These humble men, these servants who probably smelt just like the other inhabitants of that cave that night. But they were the ones that came. They didn't come with fancy gifts and pomp and circumstance. They just came because the angel said, this will be the sign. You will find him wrapped in snugly strips of cloth lying in a manger. You know that word manger in Latin means to chew or eat. Now I want you just to track with me for just a second. We talked about last week how Bethlehem means house of bread. We looked at how Jesus says in John chapter six that I, he said, I am the bread of life. And now he's being born in a manger. That means to chew or eat. My friend, I want you to know something. That those who eat 
of the bread of life that was born in the house of bread. Once you partake and eat and you taste and see, you will see that the Lord is indeed good. And that he satisfies and he fills. In fact, Jesus says, whoever drinks of the well that I give will never thirst again. Jesus says that I'm the bread of life that's come down from heaven. Eat of me, right? And be filled. You see, my friend, this is not just a feeding trough for animals, but this is a crib for a king. And this is very, very symbolic of who Jesus is. The bread of life that can fill and satisfy you. Wow. God knows some stuff, doesn't he? You can't make this up. That third stanza of that little kid song that we sang just a few moments ago, it says, the kids sing, be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask you to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Listen, if you need to understand something about God, Emmanuel, that's come to us as a human being by the name of Jesus. And by the way, I don't believe that it was quite a silent night completely. Because this was God wrapped in human form. He was fully God, yet fully man. And how many of you know that babies cry? They poop. They get hungry, right? Um, so there are some that have said that he just appeared to be human. No, he was a man. He was the Christ child. But God came to us. He came to us. Did you hear that? God, Emmanuel, God with us. God came to us. Why? To answer what the request of were the little kids as they sang that song, be near me, Lord Jesus. You see, here's the thing you need to understand today. You can be near to the creator God because he's come. His name is Jesus. And you need to know something. You can't do anything to get away from him. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And I know sometimes he may not feel near to you, but if you don't feel near to God right now, let me just ask you a question. Are you near to him? You see, if, if God seems farther away to you right now, guess who's moved? It's not him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he does everything we read about in scripture. But I'm telling you, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you near to God? Not as it are you just making some room for him, right? But are you near to him? Are you walking with him? Are you spending time with him? Listen, you spend time with people that you love. You spend time getting to know people that you want to get to know right? You spend time with people that you care a great deal about. Are you near to Jesus? Are you near to him? Those little boys and girls that say, be near us, Lord Jesus. Please stay close by us forever and love us. Come on. He's always going to love. That's who he is. God didn't just love some of the time. He didn't just love people that do the good things. He loves the world. For God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only son. Wow. Are you near to him? Are you making room for him in your Christmas? Are you near to him right now? The last part of that verse can, continues to say, um, be near us, Lord Jesus. We ask you to stay close by us forever and love us, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and take us to heaven to live with you there. 
when, when I read that, I, I, I think of a question. Not only are you making room for Jesus and not only are you near to him, but hey, do you know how a person gets to heaven? Do, do you know how a person gets to heaven? It's, it's surely gotta be by showing up at church on Sundays. Or, 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 or hey, my mom and my dad, I, their faith is what's gonna get me to heaven. Tradition. Or hey, you know what? I'm a, I'm a good person. I treat people with kindness. I'm a Boy Scout. Or, or, or hey, you know what? I, I, I give to, to non-profs and other humanitarian relief efforts. I'm, I'm, I'm being generous with, with my money and, and trying to help people out, right? Those are the things that get someone to heaven, right? No. That's not what the Bible says. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a good person. There's nothing wrong with, with supporting you know, relief efforts. There's nothing wrong with, with being kind, and, and there's nothing wrong necessarily with the faith of your parents or going to church, right? But, but you don't have this, but this is just bonus Bible for you. You guys okay if I read extra scripture that, that wasn't planned, it wasn't in the original script? Are you okay? You okay if I go offline a little bit? Some of y'all are like, tell us something new. You're weird anyway. You're a squirrel chaser. This is good. This is good. How do you get to heaven? Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 tell us that. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. It doesn't say anything about going to church. It doesn't say anything about your parents' faith. It doesn't say anything about being a good person. It doesn't say anything about giving your money to other relief efforts. You see, a person gets to heaven by believing that Jesus is the Son of God. By declaring that, listen, it's more, you know what to believe in something means? It means that you follow, you place your hope, your trust, your everything, you place it in that person and you do those things like whatever you believe in, right? I'm an American because I live here, right? I was born here, but I declare my allegiance to a flag. I sing an anthem. I fulfill the rules and laws of this great land as jacked up as we are sometimes. Still love where I live. And I do anything. I believe that this is the best nation in the world. But when I believe in something, I follow it. I obey it. You see, even the demons believe that there is Jesus they just don't follow and obey him. You see, I think for some of us listening here today, we believe in Jesus, but you just aren't obeying and following him. Or, ooh, can, can, we, just, can we just get real? There are some of us that have given our life to Jesus, but check it out. We're not following and being obedient to him. But Lord, didn't I teach and preach and prophesy in your name? Apart from me. I never knew you because you're not following him. You're not obeying him. If I believe in you, Lord, I want to live the life you've called me to. I'm going to declare you as Lord and say, are you embarrassed about Jesus? Are you ashamed of your Savior? You see, people that know him and believe in him and love him, you're not ashamed. More of us believe more in our favorite restaurant and we tell people about that more than we do about the one who's delivered and saved us. Who's the last person you talked to about Jesus? If I openly declare with my mouth 
There's also something that's called confession that comes with that as well. And there's something about believing and receiving him as Lord. You know when you make somebody Lord over you, they become boss. El Jefe. They're in charge. They guide and direct you. Now, we don't like that imagery in our culture today because we are so self-driven and nobody's gonna tell me what to do. My friends, you need not be afraid. Did I not tell you those three words, don't be afraid? You don't need to be afraid of what Jesus calls us and how he calls us to live. The bread of life. Born in a bread trough in the house of bread. He's come to give you purpose. He's come to give you power because the moment you ask him in, check this out, he does, we sang a a lyric in the song that says he's in our heart, right? He gives you his power, his spirit. Talk about superhuman powers. Wow. And he gives you peace. Yesterday, we had a time to remember one of our sheriff's deputies that lost his fight to cancer. And his family were sitting right here. And I looked at them and I told them and I prayed for them and I shared with everybody listening about peace. The peace that's available to us right now. How does someone have peace in the midst of losing a husband, a father, 17-year-old, lost her daddy? Grandmother sitting right here where you're sitting, Norma. Mom and dad right here. Wow. How do you have peace? Well, we have peace because, you see, Deputy Michael Robert Hudson, at the age of 12 years old at Rainbow Hills Baptist Church, said yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And in the midst of hurt and loss, the peace of Jesus. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of He's still here. And my friend, for some of you here today, that's what you're missing. You need the peace that this manger represents. This crib for a king, right? I would love for MTV to do a crib show on this one, right? This will change your life. So you see today, we're not just singing some old carol. We're not singing just some childhood song. We're singing about a birth, an entrance that was laced with humility. We're singing about a king that was born in a manger, probably hewn out of wood, who ultimately would go to a cross made out of the same and give up his life for us. I love how Paul writes about it in Philippians chapter two. You see, Paul would encourage us to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, remember his name Emmanuel, God with us? Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. We like to cling to titles, don't we? I'm, I'm this, I'm that. You see, this baby born in a manger, no crib for a bed, he did not cling to titles. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God 
and he died a criminal's death on a cross. You see, that's the story of Christmas. We don't like to talk about the cross at Christmas. That comes the end of March this year. That's called Easter. No, you can't, you can't separate the two. You can't have a cross without a manger. There has to be a divine birth. There has to be a sacrificial lamb to go to the cross to take away our sins, mine and yours. Are you with me? They have to go together. God therefore has elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him that name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My friend, do you know Jesus that way? Paul says that every knee's gonna bow. It's interesting to me that those shepherds, those Bedouin shepherds that were beckoned out of the field that night and they came to the place where they found the babe lying in a manger, they humbled themselves, they bowed the knee and worshiped him. They were the lowest of lows in their society. But even they knew that they were in the presence of royalty. In a feeding trough, They saw the king. And they left there and they went and told people about it. I think people that have seen the king tell others about him. I think people that have really tasted and seen that he's good, I think they go and tell somebody. Could be wrong. That's what they did. They bowed their knee. We know that years later, it wasn't immediately, it wasn't in this cave in Bethlehem. Years later, there were three magi from the east that came and found the king. And upon entering the home, they bowed before him and presented him with gifts. You see, even those magi from the east knew that when you're in the presence of a king and royalty, you're generous and you bring gifts but they bowed and worship. May I ask you a question today? Have you ever bowed your knee to Jesus, declaring your allegiance, declaring your acknowledgement that he is God's son, he is God that has come to take away the sins of us? Have you bowed your knee and said yes to Jesus? Today's a great day to do that. You can bow the knee now, but make no mistake about it, there will come a day in time in which everyone will bow their knee. But for some, it's gonna be too late. Don't put it off, my friend. You see, none of us are... Not guaranteed that we'll see Christmas in the city next Sunday. I hope to be there, but if not, praise God, I'm gonna be with Jesus. Everyone will bow the knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Don't put it off. Much is made about When's he coming back and what's it gonna look like and, and how's it gonna pan out and play out? I don't know. I just know that I'm, I've said yes to Jesus and I'm not worried about it. And I want you to have that same faith today. You see, this manger is not just something cute in a kid's song, but it means something. And today, if we can look at it through a childlike faith, maybe it just might change your life today. Emmanuel didn't come with pomp and circumstance. He didn't come with a delegation or a big commission. No, he came as a baby in a feeding trough. But he was the lamb that would take away the sins 
of the world. Can I invite you to stand with me today? And I wanna ask our ministry team to come and make yourselves available today. And I wanna ask you to do something for me. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes and could you just stay tight for just a second and not be running out of the room and all that stuff? Would you just hang in there with me today? Because I believe that this is the most important part of our gathering. Because this is the time in which I believe the Lord wants you to be honest and get real. Listen, coming here today, we're honored and thrilled. I'm glad that the room has people in it and it's not just me. But you need to know that, that there is, I believe, a greater purpose for our gathering today than just hear a familiar story and sing some songs of the season. Today is an opportunity for you to search your heart to see where you stand with Jesus Christ. Have you bowed your knee? Have you bowed your heart? Have you opened up your heart to him as Lord and Savior? No one's looking around, it's just me, and you better obey the pastor because it's bad if you don't obey orders, right? No, I'm just kidding, but no, I'm serious right now in this moment. I wanna ask you a question today. That if you're here and you've never declared Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you've never given your life to him, you've never said yes, you've never invited him in to, for, to be Lord of your life, and you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, and, but today's the day you want to do it. Listen, my friend, that's the greatest gift I could give you this Christmas, is the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If you're here today, no one's looking, just me. If you're here today, say, Jason, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. I want you to raise your hand right now so that I can see you. I see those two right back there in the middle. I see a couple over here on my left. Okay, you can put those hands down. I see that. There's five of you now that have raised your hands. I see you. I see you. And I'm grateful for that step of obedience. But here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you just to pray that prayer to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart right now. Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. Just tell him that. Lord, I know that you died for my sins. Tell him that and thank him for that. And why don't you ask him to forgive you of those right now and let his presence wash over you. He's come to give you life, purpose, power, and peace. He's come to give you that. And today it's yours. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Now here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna dismiss us all and I wanna thank you for being here today. But many people are gonna come front today because we like to pray with people. We know that in a room this size, there are many needs represented here. There's some real hurts, pains, and some struggles. There's difficulties. There's decisions to make. I've prayed over people today for healing. I've prayed about job opportunities. We know that those are real, okay? And so we wanna pray over those needs. But for those five of you that raised your hand today, as people are walking out, many people are gonna be walking to the front and I want you to join them. I want you to find one of my friends down here. Tyler, would you just come stand? You and Harvey come stand right here in the light. Can we get some of you out of the dark over here to the middle here to pray with people? Now I want you to come and find somebody and I want you to share with him, hey, today I've asked Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life and they would love to help you with that. So God, I wanna thank you for Jesus. I wanna thank you for the celebration called Christmas. We, we remember his birth. But God, we remember it maybe not like the world does. We remember it as a humble God that came to offer salvation to everyone. Lord, your desire is that no one should perish. Your goal for us has always been heaven. You came to give us the best life here on earth that anyone could ever have. And I wanna thank you today for those that said yes to that and they wanted to receive you. I pray now, God, that they would take that step of faith a step of obedience towards you. You came to us, and Lord, may we walk to you today. Lord, I pray your blessing, peace, your favor over every home listening today.
I pray that we would make room for Jesus and not miss him this Christmas. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.